All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin. Philip Buster, Freestyle Big Show for you tonight, Friday, August 14th. Marky Sal calling in, I believe, from the great state of Maine, doing a little vacation podcast. Um, Marky Sal, not afraid to mix it up, talk politics on the podcast, and we're glad about that. We love to have him. It's been a little while since we had him last, but big news, uh, Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris to be his vice presidential running mate. Marky Sal's got a lot to say about that. So without further ado, I will be hitting the theme song. I will be pressing play on that. And then we will bring in Marky Sal on the filibuster freestyle. P.S. And I say P.S. before we even hit the darn theme song. Follow us on social media at filibuster freestyle. And uh, always can check us out at filibusterfreestyle.com or of course Spotify. Caesar, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the like. Subscribe to the podcast. Search the word filibuster freestyle. We will pop up. Subscribe, rate the show, review the show, tell some friends. We appreciate it. Theme song, Marky Sal, talking Kamala Harris as the VP Democratic nominee. Coming your way next. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. All right, ladies and gents, as promised from the great state of Maine, vacation land, Marky Sal joins us. Marky, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Let's go, baby. And I was telling the folks on the pre-show, you know, it's a it's a political piece tonight, but it's it's actually maybe like some good news, which is great, you know. So we're excited about the uh, the Joe Biden announcement this week. We're excited. We, I think people were waiting with bated breath to see who he would pick. Uh, and lo and behold, he goes with Kamala Harris. And um, let me ask you this: Where did you have Harris on your list of his potential candidates? Before the announcement, and why we, why did you have her ranked where she was? Well, I, I think we could go back to the tape, right? Tell about the freestyle, and um, she was she was top of my list. Touche, touche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, um, it was, it was. I, I thought in the beginning that Biden was a was a lock. Uh, as soon as Biden announced, I thought it was going to be him. Now, obviously, there, there was a roller coaster after that, where you know, at a certain point, you thought he he wasn't going to make it. He didn't. He didn't you know, he wasn't getting a lot of attention, and, you know, he didn't necessarily have a huge amount of money. South Carolina really, really saved him and, and brought him back. But, uh, at, you know, Kamala Harris, before she came out, I knew she was a star. And then, yep. and then um, you know, her announcement in Oakland was huge, uh, like bigger than Obama numbers. So she's, she's a talented politician, I thought, I thought for sure. She was, my, she was my, like I said, she was my, my first choice after Biden. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely pleased. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny you bring up South Carolina. I didn't plan on going down this road, but the irony that Lindsey Graham, who is an absolute cluster abomination, which is a new word I just made up, uh, Lindsey, like Lindsey Graham's home state is the one that actually kept Joe Biden's candidacy on life support and then actually got him, you know, got him out of the, quote, hospital bed and back into the game. Uh so irony, hopefully, will will come full circle uh, for for Lady G or whatever we call him. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, yeah, Lady, Lady G for sure. He's, um, you know, it, 
South Carolina is going to be fired up, and uh, Lindsey Graham may be in some trouble. Uh, so, you know, see what happens. You're correct about that. You're correct about that. It would be nice if him and uh, Moscow Mitch both went, both lost their uh, their elections this November. But, I, you know, there's only one that I really care about at this moment, you know, because we got to start somewhere. But anyway, before we get more into Kamala Harris, who else from Joe Biden's potential VP list, if anybody, did you like? Did you have any people that you thought would have offered anywhere close to the kind of value that we'll talk about in a minute from Kamala Harris? Uh, you know, uh, I, I really, she, she was really just the clear cut choice for me. I mean, I yeah. know there was some a flirtation with the idea of Susan Rice, who I think, you know, both Joe Biden and, and Obama, you know, worked very closely with her. And I think that they saw her, that she had the ability to do the job of being vice president, but also president. Yeah. Um, I, but I, but her, her big problem was I think that she probably would have had trouble getting people excited. You know, she's not necessarily a natural politician. Yeah. Um, so, I, so although I think she was qualified, I don't think that she would have helped electorally. Yeah, that's a good take. And, and I think the thing about Harris that I actually have a question for you on this. I was surprised that her campaign didn't get more traction than it did. And, and I think... You know, clearly Bernie was taking a lot of air out of the room. Obviously, Biden was taking some. Mayor Pete was taking some. Elizabeth Warren. I mean, 55 people ran for president, right? I mean, they had the lady who's a writer, you know, Suzanne, whatever. But, like, I just felt like she had this star quality and had the political chops. And I was kind of surprised that she didn't get more of, a, like, a, a bump in the primaries, politi- like, you know, visibly-wise. Or visibility-wise, excuse me. Um but I do think she's a no-brainer for this for this potential pick. No-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she she stumbled a little bit with like um, some policy, uh, you know, policy chops. I think that like you know Elizabeth Warren had a plan for everything. Everybody knows where Bernie stands on all these different issues. Yeah. I think that she kind of uh, stumbled in kind of giving her clear vision on you know some of those more you know nitty-gritty items so uh, that, that was definitely a stumble for, for her and, and it was a you know a, a crowded landscape so so um and I, and I also think that once she saw the crowded landscape and saw that it was going to be an uphill battle yeah you know she made the parks the smart political play and you know kind of got out and, and didn't didn't get too um you know dirty in that whole mix correct but yeah, she did a good job getting out of the mix early. The other thing they did a really good job with, I don't know when I don't know when they knew they were gonna pick her, if it was a big dog and pony show to throw, you know, the GOP and the OAN network and everybody else off the scent, but you know, poor uh, what's her name, Amy Klobuchar was getting like, you know, bamboo you know, just just you know, just dragged through the mud back in June. When everybody thought he was going that way, and I don't know that he was ever going to go that way, frankly. I don't see what what Klobuchar would have done for him. No offense to her, that Harris can't do times two times three. So they did a really good job of like keeping the suspense up and not letting people kind of unload on Harris for the last two months. You know what I mean? I think they did a fantastic job of that, and I think maybe even uh, Susan Rice might have been a headache, right? Mm. So, um, I like that. And, so I think I think they did a 
fantastic job of that. I think that there was a you know a lot of chatter and um, it took up you know the announcement took some spotlight away from you know what what Trump wanted things to be focused on. Yeah, so that's the win. Um, yeah, so I, I think I, I do. I I my personal opinion is I think that they knew a decent a, a, a pretty long time ago that that it was going to be Harris, but. Yeah, I think once he said it was going to be a woman, and then I think he started saying, you know, it could, you know, he didn't, he didn't say it was definitely going to be a woman of color, but he obviously said it, you know, it was a good chance. Um, I think they did a really good job of having, like you said, a lot of potential people out there, and just kind of, it was impossible to unload on them all if you're the conservative media. You know, you just can't, you know, you can't unload on everybody equally. Did a really good job at that. Now we're close enough where. Listen, we're less than 100 days out, um, but here's here's what I like, and then I want to get into a couple things that, that, that you like, but, you know, you've got to fight fire with fire with people like our current president, right? So this is an awesome pick because we know Harris can fight fire with fire. In fact, her, on her first 24 hours as the, the, the VP nominee, uh, she had a tweet that said, literally, or quote, Trump inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden, and then... Like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground, close quote. And that's just her getting warmed up. Um, she's not afraid to be acerbic to, and to just to trade barbs. And you know what? He, this guy needs haymakers. He needs haymakers, haymakers, haymakers. And if I go back to the milk toast Tim Kaine uninspired pick from 2016, just another blunder by Hillary playing it safe, Kamala Harris is not Tim Kaine for a million reasons, and that's what I really like about it. That quote that you said was was, was very powerful, uh, and then and then you know they, they say that the, the role of the VP is to go out and be the brawler and to take the fight to the other side. I think that you know we've seen you know just even our questioning in the Senate hearing, you know the job that she did to Bill Barr. Wow, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and one of the things that that, that just kind of um, shows you is her experience as. Uh, you know, district attorney and attorney general of California. Um, you know, you know she she's able to, to think on her feet, and and she, you know, she's not afraid to make her point, and she doesn't pull punches. So, like you said, that's what we need. She's the fighter that we need, and I, I do agree with a much better um, choice than, than Tim Kaine was. But Hillary made a good amount of mistakes. No, no question. Um, so let's see. Um, what's got you? What's got you most excited about this piece? What like like where like where I don't know. Like take me through your week now, since it's been announced. Like like how are you feeling about the, the potential direction of the country? How are you feeling about the chances to to get the victory? Let's start there. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, so so um, I, I like I said, she was very high on my list. So when, when the news came out, I was I was very excited, and uh, I mean, I feel like I've been sort of fired up for um, you know a, a good amount of time now with like the things that have been going on with the country and that kind of thing. You know, obviously yep. the the mishandled the way that the coronavirus has been mishandled, um, and so honestly, like I. I was thinking about about doing doing this podcast last night, and and I, I'm like, you know, just kind of jotting down some notes and that kind of thing. I'm like, man, you know, like I, 
I'm happy about the, the Harris pick, but also the part of me is there's like some, you know, decent amount of anger. And so I really kind of had to say, listen, you know, in order for us to move forward, right, it's not just going to be defeating Donald Trump because even when that happens, there's still, you know, there's a decent amount of country that's pissed off. Yeah. He, he's going to have all these legal battles. We're going to be, there's going to be some trouble. So I was just kind of thinking like, what can I do personally? What can I, as a, um, what can my effort be to kind of make a, a you know, some, some kind of a difference there? And one of the things that I, that I kind of thought to myself was like, you know, we have, we have to meet in the middle and we have to learn to respect the other side. So, you know, when, 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 when I was letting things get, get me mad, like even like somebody wearing a makeup America great again hat on, yep. that, that just the sight of that, like kind of made me angry. And I guess it still does, but I'm trying to, to change that because really, like I said, that's just the first step. Yeah, right. Is, um, is defeating him. After that, we still have to, have to bring this country together. So, Yeah, man, that would be lovely. I mean, I think it would be great to get back to thinking like that. Because right now, no matter what your ideology is, you're basically in survival mode slash echo chamber mode, which is like you feel threatened by people who don't think how you think and you surround yourself with opinions that are just like yours to feel safe. And I mean, the royal you, all of us. And if we're all doing that, that that is not gonna that does not signal progress. You know, that signals, you know, again, if you're in survival mode, it's not about progress and getting better. It's about making it to the next day, the next week, the next election, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, so you're hundred percent right. The the work will the true work will start, you know, you know, on in January, hopefully, or as this thing goes longer because of lawsuits or coup d'etats or whatever i mean i hope it, i hope it doesn't come to that but it might but the, the hard work will actually begin after all of that you know and so right win or, win or lose whether or lose whether whether it's, it's trump or biden who, who wins you know we're, we're still in a, in a long road to get this country back to a place where it's like you know I, 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 we're not just like hating each other because we're on the other team yeah right and so I, that's important to me to try to like do the things that I can do to, you know, I, I guess not be an annoying liberal or whatever you might want to say. Like, you know, I, I even think about, you know, some, okay, so for example, you want to talk about a mistake that Hillary Clinton made. At the time, I didn't see it as a huge mistake, but, but now that I think about it, labeling Trump supporters as deplorable, yep. right? That was a mistake. Know, yeah, that was a mistake. Fire him up, know, right? Fire him up. And that's the part, well, number one, that's, that's a hell of a, that's a good take by you in terms of just the trying to meet in the middle part. But I do think it's like, 
it does start with, um, you know, if, 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 if both, if both sides of an argument or an ideology or, or anywhere in between can't agree to disagree and at least listen, then yeah, all you get is obstinance. Right. And so, you know, and the, the funny thing is, as, as badly as we want to see change, many of us want to see change in the executive branch and beyond, uh, start, you know, starting in November, you know, you got to remember that, you know, if, if ever a president was going to lose and then try to come back Grover Cleveland style, it's definitely Donnie Trump. So he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere in terms of in the public zeitgeist and, you know, cause he'll run for president again and he'll, he'll run for president again on like, let's say there's a, tr- there's a peaceful transition of power on January 20th, 2021. Guarantee you he files the next day to run in 2026. Like, and you think that the media is not going to cover every tweet? Of course they are. Correct. You know I mean? Correct. So he's going nowhere. He still has, he still has that medium. So there's, there's no reason for him. If he loves the spotlight, there's no reason for him to go quietly into the night. Right. Now, what I would like to see, though, is, you know, I think we're already seeing it a little bit with, with Barack Obama doing some campaigning already. And by that, I mean kind of getting on the Twitter, Twitter handle himself. There's always been this unwritten rule that past presidents, you know, walked away and let the new president and future presidents do their thing. And obviously, you know, the current president will not do that. So um, it'll be good that maybe some of the other presidents will just continue to speak their mind, you know, and not let him live in a vacuum if he is defeated. Um, and again, you're already seeing it from Obama. I mean, he's, he's clearly going to campaign hard for this ticket. And... Um, I think that's necessary. And then, yeah, I think this is great for, for Harris, for Kamala Harris, because, you know, she couldn't get over the hump in a very crowded field. We covered that earlier tonight. But, you know, this puts her in that spot. And honestly, it seems like Uncle Joe is literally willing to just say, hey, let's win this thing. I'll do this for four years. And if I make it out of this thing alive, I'm just going to go back to retirement. You know, like he's like, I'm good. I was good. And, you know, he's been called to do this in some ways. But Harris is stark and rise hopefully along the way. And then, you know, it, it, could she be the face of the party moving forward or just the face of, you know, American voters moving forward? Hopefully, because, you know, she, she's very appealing if you, if you get into, like you said earlier, she's a pretty skilled politician and a very skilled litigator, a very skilled debater. All good things. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. I, 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 she, she's going to be either way. You know, to, to, to be in a great position in, in, in the future, um, but we but you know we we, got, we have a long way to get there. There there are some scary things that are going on right now with you know um, having federal officers you know going people into into unmarked vans Belarus style. Yep. Um, you know the, the disintegration of the postal post office is very scary. So it, it, it's a it's a scary time. It's, you know, if, if you if you love if, if you say that you love democracy, now the time to stand up. Yeah, uh, this is your chance. Everybody votes, and I hope they vote early. And, and and I and I truly need. I don't even. I don't. I'm not. I don't want. I don't want people who support Donald Trump to stay home. I want everyone to vote. I, I would love it if every single person in this country voted, because I think that that would be a, a great, you know, representation of. of yeah, I agree. You know, interestingly enough, it 
the winner of the 2016 election actually was abstain. <laughs> and, you know, and actually probably in every election in the 20th and 21st century, more eligible voters said, eh, I'm not going to go to the polls today, than actually went. So, you know, 25% of the nation voted for one person, 25%-ish voted for the other person, and 50% stayed home. And that's that's the problem, right? So, yeah, to your point, let's get out there. Uh, and honestly, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I think term limits are a really good thing. Um, and I wonder, honestly, if the United States, first of all, if senators need term limits, House of Representatives need term limits. It's ridiculous. That's another story, another day. Gerrymandering, another day. But presidentially, you know what? I just think people should get four years. And, and like then, like, I want people – because, like, this year – you know, Trump supporters are going to be fired up, right? Because he, he just, if you like him, you can't not be fired up by him, right? And then a lot of people are not fired up for it by him, which means they're fired up for whatever else is coming. And what I would love to see, to your point, is people, both sides being fired up all the time. I feel like, you know, Barack Obama won his first election based on people being fired up and fed up of George W. Bush, right? And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, Hillary didn't really stoke a lot of excitement from people. Bernie did, but he got beaten, whatever. And it was an apathetic Democratic Party versus a fired-up GOP Tea Party combo, right? And with Trump being so divisive, four years later, you're getting essentially a wide-open election in terms of fired-upness, if you will. And you might get a high turnout, Marky. You might just get it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I think that, that that'd be great for the country. I, I think that, like I said, even... I even want like like um, you know Trump supporters to vote because I think that once once you start getting involved in the process and paying attention to it more, yep. then then the next time you vote, you'll 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 learn from what you did and you'll have it. Maybe you'll look for different things. You have a different perspective. You'll pay attention to the government a little bit more. You know, have, have the checks and the balances. Um, you know, quick side note about that. I think that that. Things need to change as far as like the power that the executive branch has. You know, there's, there's no way that you should be able to put this general in into that position who's just going to let you get away with it, with anything that you want to do. So yeah, that's just one example. But there's but there's lots of them that that to, to, that we as Americans should say, you know what, in order to protect this democracy, we we have to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. So. So I guess my point is that once people start getting involved in that process and paying attention to how these things work, then that, that's healthy for the democracy. Yeah. Active participation, man. Active participation. I mean, absolutely, right? So, yeah, there's a million ways we could go from that. But so I guess let me let – me, I, I don't even know the answer to this. What are we looking at for virtual conventions? Pretty much just – Main event speakers, right? And obviously, no gatherings. Is that what we're doing this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. I mean, I, I know people, you know, talented people are working on these things, and I'm, I'm hoping to be, you know, surprised. It, but it, it, it's just like, it, it, is it gonna be just like a trumped up Zoom meeting? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm interested to pay attention to it, but I, I don't have, 
guess I don't have a lot of faith in the fact that it's going to be as big of a deal as it was in the past, but I also don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. See, that's that's exactly right. I think maybe it's a good thing. Uh, I feel like it got too far away from substance and turned much more into like a giant cocktail party where a bunch of sheep were chanting slogans and trying to feel good about themselves. And, you know, the way we've all learned about Zoom is, you know, you can make your whole staff sit in a room for two hours for a meeting. People are going to check out, but you can get away with it. If you try to put your whole staff on a Zoom for two hours, you can feel how badly that sucks. <laughs> and and I feel like the same thing with these conventions. I feel like they got they got too big, they got too like just too many people, too broad, you know, inch inch deep, mile wide, BS over five days to sell hotel rooms and blah blah blah. And now it's like, no, we're not going to watch Zoom for a week, guys. We already do it for work. So. Give me the good speakers, give me the good stuff, and get out of here. And that might, that might be better for us. And, and I also think that, you know, to my other point, I, I think that we need to get away from my team is right, your team is wrong. Right. right? Here's my huddle with my team. We're coming out and we're going against your team. Like, I, I, I hope that, that we can get to a place where it's more like, these are my ideas. Uh, and they're not the same as everybody else in the blue team. Some of my ideas might be a little different than the blue team, and, and that might attract some people from the other aisle, right? Let's not always have to feel like we all have to be on on the same page as far as like um, right. what our what our shared morality is and that kind of thing. Um, I, I I just think that it's a recipe for disaster, and all that helps is Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's how you make your money, though. You know, with, with a duopoly, you know, when you have a rival and you have a team, you know, you, you root for your team, you root against the other team. And it, like you said, it's not, it doesn't bring out progress, but it does, it does sell T-shirts, you know, and that's, and that's the problem is, it's, it's politics has become a business instead of, you know, what it's supposed to be, which is civic service and, you know, governance, governance by the people, for the people, whatever. And uh, I, I do think that, that the pandemic, think about how few campaign stops there have been, right? And think about the story, even when Trump goes to do his. And I'm not trying to pick on Trump for once right now. Because he, but he insisted on doing these live things or trying to. And all they were covering was, well, how much disease is going to spread? You know what I mean? Um, everything is under like, – COVID is the superstar this year. COVID – so whatever you want to do – COVID wins, which means that the, the, the people who message their platform most effectively, not the old way, but some new way, are, are, are potentially going to reach new people, which is your point earlier. And there's just you can't bring out the old convention playbook in 2020. Um, you can't do rallies. You can't, you know, and, and the best part is I feel like uh, I got, I got a, I got a uh, what's it called? An analogy. Okay, so. Al Davis, he used to own the Oakland Raiders, right? 
So he was the coach of the Raiders. He was the commissioner of the AFL. He was the GM of the Raiders. He was the owner of the Raiders. People basically said in 1960, Al Davis saw the year 2000 of football, which is why the Raiders were so great, blah, blah. The problem is the year 2000 came, and then 2005, and then 2010, and Al Davis was still stuck in the year 2000. And so I feel like Donald Trump, long-winded way of getting there, he perfected what it was like to be a, like a rock and roll demagogue political candidate. And coronavirus came in and said, hold my beer. Can't, you know? And that's, where, and that's where we're at. And I think, I'm not saying he can't pivot and can't win, because he's trying every single way possible, legal and illegal, to do so. And he's stating it publicly, by the way, uh, relative to the post office today. But the bottom line is, he's, he, he, could still, he could still pivot in a way that's meaningful and to, ch- and to change things. I'm not saying he can't, but someone's going to need to if they want to jump on new people, you know? Is that a dog, by the way, in the background? Bella, what's up? Unofficial sponsor of the week, we're, Bella. <laughs> we're, we're tired. We're tired. I like it. So anyway, yeah, but I feel like uh, something's got to change between now and November second, or something could change in terms of the paradigm. You know, in terms of how you campaign. We'll find out. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think it has to. And, and yes, the flip side of that is, you know. Right. You know, so if he can, if he can just kind of hang out, you know, in the basement and uh, and and have his team put out these slick ads of him, like you know, driving sports cars or like you know, on his on his mountain bike or whatever, uh, you know, then, then he doesn't have to be out all day shaking hands and making speeches and and, and speaking off the cuff. So for him, it's helpful. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So that, that's the thing. And if you go back to the advent, the advent of the television campaign, you know, Richard Nixon got beat by John Kennedy for a number of reasons, one of which was on television, nobody really cared what they were saying. They cared how they looked. Right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and, you know, actually both Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden are the same age, basically. So, but, you know, those guys were, were young men when, when that debate happened, when that election happened. And, you know, D- Donald Trump has mastered that. He mastered his whole entire image out of, you know, publicists and spin and gossips and page six and lifestyles rich and famous. And he, he you know, but like to your point, if, if, if Biden can't go out because he's not supposed to and people respect that and then they can edit him and make him look good <laughs> – it takes away a lot of the off the cuff stuff that actually is all Trump has is like kind of being interesting off the cuff. Like that's his oh, shtick. No. His shtick is outlandish words, kind of interesting, double down on it, shock factor, psych, psychs up thirty percent of the country. But like, get, get people talking about the thing that he wants them to talk about. Right? Cool. He, he is a, a at that, right? Like, right. So it's like. You know, he wants people talking about um, how mail-in ballots are a problem. He was talking about that. He started talking about it now. Everybody's talking about it, right? So right, right. He, just, he, he knows how to, how to get those topics onto the table that are going to drive a wedge and force us all to get on our own team. 
Right. But the coronavirus continues to be something that nobody can make go away, especially in America, because we refuse to wear masks. Again, it's it's not over yet, but I mean, this is this is a this is a, like, like COVID is going to be a story until there's an efficacious vaccine that we all are able to get at a cost-effective way. And I just, despite the despite the reports out of the Kremlin this week that that Russia's invented one, uh, it hasn't gone through level three testing, so we haven't done that yet. And so, yeah, this is going to be a thing for a while. And I think as long as it's a thing, that's going to be like you said, you can't. You can't take that word out of people's mouths because it has affected everybody. And uh, yeah, man, it's 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 like the third candidate. You know, coronavirus is the Ross Perot of 2020, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's so true. I didn't come here tonight thinking I was going to say that or even bring Ross Perot up, but I just did. So <laughs> that's the magic of the telephone. Cut it, print it, ship it. I'm buying that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you mentioned you wrote some notes down. Do you, do you have anything else that, from your spot that you wanted to, to cover tonight relative to Kamala Harris, relative to the election, the country at large? Um, uh, no, you know what? I, I, do, I do have this that uh, as I was writing on these notes last night, and then, and then I, put, I put the notebook down, I put the news on, and it's like, you know, it just gets, it just gets depressing and it stresses me out and it makes me makes me angry in a way that it shouldn't. And so I was like, man, I, I have to turn the channel, right? So I turned the channel, and I, and I put on, I just was like, let me just put on some, some mindless sitcom on Netflix, right? So I put up Netflix, and Parks and Recreation came on. And I was like, you know what? This was the perfect time for me to watch this, because I don't know, have you, are you a fan of Parks and Recreation? I mean, I, I, I honestly, I gotta sit down and watch it. Like, I, I've seen it, and I like it. It's funny, I just never, like, Watched it, watched it. You know what I mean? Right. So, so really, what what Parks and Recreation is kind of, you know, the big picture. What they're kind of showing is, you know, you have um, Amy Poehler, who is, you know, the, the happy government worker, uh, you know, happy to take people's taxes and, 
everyone. And then you have, um, you know, her, her friend and mentor on the show, on the show, Ron Swanson, who's more like, you know, more like the libertarian, uh, you know, there's got right. the government and I, I don't want to be told, you know, what to do with my business. And, and what that show really shows is that like those two perspectives seem, you know, pretty much opposite. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that those, you know, those two characters can't, you know, have like a, a meaningful relationship and kind of like still move along and, and move forward together, even though they have these different perspectives. And so, I don't know, that was, that was something that was kind of like, it, it obviously is a comedy, but there is, there is hope. There, those things do happen every day, right? So, we could get back to that. That's true. You know, so you got Ron Swanson, Leslie Nope. If they can do it, maybe we can do it. Yeah, yeah. If we can, if we can, if we can watch it, we can laugh about it, and we can see those differences and, and find humor in it, then, then, then there is some humanity there to kind of relate to. Right, and that's that's the thing that people hopefully can get back to is that idea of humanity. You know, like empathy. It's just a realization that other people are also going through stuff too, and if they don't see your top two boilerplate items eye to eye, doesn't mean you have to cut them out of your life or cut them out of cut you know cut them off, don't listen to them, etc. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty you know it's pretty optimistic stuff you know from you, Marky Sal, in terms of trying to write the ship existentially. I like it. I think it's good. Trying to get there. Trying to get there. I like it. All right, man. We'll leave it there. I appreciate you coming on from vacation. That's awesome. I'm excited about this pick. I'm excited that we're within 100 days of this election. Literally anything is possible, Kevin Garnett style, this thing. But uh, we will keep you in the loop on the pundit train here as we get closer to Election Day. I think we'll have more to say on this, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster. You know, anything that anybody who sees the polls and thinks that, you know, anything that's locked up, well, where have you been the last three years, right? <laughs> it, it is going to be a roller coaster and uh, it, it, there, there's some exciting pieces to that and there's some really scary pieces to that so, but um, you know so yeah I, I'm here anytime you need me you know, I'm always excited to come on absolutely alright Marky Sal thanks for being on filibusterfreestyle.com check us out we appreciate it Marky we will talk to you soon everybody else have a good weekend and uh, you know stay safe out there <laughs>